if you try to do everything and be everything for your business forever it'll be really difficult to scale and grow because you'll find yourself constantly giving your businesses everything instead of giving your businesses your strengths you're listening to the solopreneur hustle a podcast that teaches you how to scale your solo business so you can earn more while working less I'm your host, Nia Lewis, a business coach based in Charleston, South Carolina. The Solopreneur Hustle has a weekly email newsletter where we share business tips and helpful resources for solo business owners. Subscribe to our email list today using the link in the description for this episode to receive a free marketing ebook. All right, let's jump into this week's episode. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 96 of the Solopreneur Hustle podcast. In part three of this three-part series about how to hire independent contractors, we'll be talking about how to pay contract employees. Up to this point, we understand who to hire, how to find them, and now we're going to talk about how to actually pay the contract employees we hire. So when you hire an independent contractor, it's important to have a conversation about a pay, a pay structure that works well for you and the person you hire. Some contractors will already have or already come to you with a pay structure in place that they use for their clients. For example, when you go to platforms like Fiverr, you're already connecting with contractors who are giving you you their set rate and saying this is what I'm charging are you willing to pay this there's really no room for negotiation there typically unless you are looking to hire someone on a long-term basis like for multiple gigs and they may give you some sort of discount for scheduling 10 gigs at once you know but otherwise when you go to platforms like Fiverr what you see is what you're paying and sometimes when you message them they may actually charge you more than what you're seeing based on the scope of work. Now, when it comes to hiring independent contractors that you connect with through other platforms like social media, or maybe you meet someone on Indeed, or maybe you connect with someone in person or by way of word of mouth, they may not have a set pay structure in place. And so you have to negotiate what you're going to pay them. Maybe they have one rate that they do for all clients. Maybe they have different packages that they offer for different clients, depending on their needs. Maybe they are working based on a month to month retainer. You know, it really just depends. But um, I want to share some of the common pay structures that I've used to pay contract employees to give you an idea of how you may pay someone you want to work with. And um, knowing this may actually give you an idea of what may work best for you, depending on what your budget is and how you've structured your business. So the first way that I've paid contract employees has been on a project by project basis. For example, when I need content edited for the solopreneur hustle and I've batch recorded lots of podcast episodes that I really just don't have the time or energy to edit, I will take five episodes. I'll send them to my guy who edits audio. That's what he specializes in. And he's done a great job with editing this podcast for me since I've started. I will send him maybe five or six episodes. He'll give me a rate to edit all of them. 
he, he gives me the rate for that project and that is what I pay and we'll negotiate when he's going to get it done. So he'll say, I can get this back to you in seven days. In seven days, he'll get it back to me. I um, will pay the invoice for whatever that one project rate is and that's what I pay him. So when you are paying someone on a project by project basis, you have a conversation about what the work is, the scope of work, what it entails, how long it's going to take, when can they get it back to you. And typically the independent contractor will give you what their rate is for that one specific project. Now, when you're working on a, on a project by project basis, always get the scope of everything from the work to when it's going to get done, to how much you're going to pay them, to when you're going to pay them in writing. Sometimes when you're working on a project by project basis, you'll pay a deposit up front. And when the project is finished, you'll pay the balance. So maybe 50% up front, 50% when it's finished, depending on what you and the independent contractor agree upon. So I have done a lot of work on a project by project basis. I, as a, as a solopreneur myself, have had clients who've paid me on a project by project basis. One of my side hustles in my journey in solopreneurship so far was building websites. And so I would give someone a quote for that project, building a website from start to finish. They would agree to pay me 50% upfront and 50% of that project fee when the project was finished. So I like working on project by project basis because it allows you to easily budget for the work you need help with. But there are also pros and cons to this payment structure as well. For example, when you pay someone a project fee to get something done, if they were able to get that done quickly, you could have paid a little bit less to get it done on an hourly basis to someone who works efficiently. But like, again, there are pros and cons to this payment structure. I've used it a lot. It's worked well for me. It can work well for you, depending on what type of work you need done. Now, another pay structure you can use to pay contract employees is to pay them hourly. Now, hourly pay can get a little bit tricky. Personally, I'm not a fan of paying someone hourly unless it just makes sense depending on the scope of work, depending on the nature of your business. For example, if you need someone to come in and physically help you with things, you need someone to come in and package orders, to ship orders, to help you print shipping labels, to do work hands-on that you need done to get work out of the door for your clients. You need someone to come into the office or come into your studio, excuse me, and physically help you, then it may make sense to pay someone hourly. But the reason why I'm not a fan of paying people hourly is because I find it difficult with the work I do to attach someone's value to an hourly rate. So again, it really depends on the scope of work. But when it comes to being a digital entrepreneur, like the people that I hire are typically remote workers. And so it's difficult for me to quantify what I need done in like an hourly type work. So if I need podcasts, audio edited, I don't really care how long it takes you. I just need it done. You know, like if I pay you for three hours of work, but it's still not done, 
I'm just kind of feeling like, well, I would have rather you just told me how much it's going to cost for it to get done than to worry with paying you an hourly rate. So if you are more of a digital entrepreneur and you hire people to do remote work, I would be careful with paying hourly because you can pay for all these hours of work, but the person on the other end getting paid has squandered away the time to the point where, you know, what you've budgeted hasn't even paid for the work to get done. So again, if you need someone to come in and help you with things physically, or these are things that you can easily track in terms of how it's getting done and when it's getting done and how long it's going to take, then then hourly may make sense for you, especially if you need someone to do things like pack and ship orders and stuff like that and fill bottles and get things out to your clients and make sure that um, cupcakes are getting baked, you know, that type of stuff. But if you are doing more, if you're hiring people to do remote work, I am not sure I recommend hourly pay as a, a type of pay structure that that really makes sense. So number three, the third pay structure that I've used to pay contract employees are paying on a month to month flat fee rate. So when I hired someone to help me with social media, I needed someone, I just really didn't have time to focus on social media for a period of time. So I needed someone to get in and post for me and be active on social media. I I paid a flat fee of $200 per month to have someone manage my social media and be active online as if it was me. <laughs> now, I find that month to month flat fee contract work as a pay structure works really well if you need something done um, for a flat fee, you're not really concerned about paying for it on like a project by project, task by task, hour by hour basis. You need someone to do something in a month's time and you're not really concerned about how long it's going to take. You just need it done, you know? So for me, month to month works well for things like that. Month to month, uh, month to month flat fees also work well for more flexibility. For example, um, I've done month to month flat fee work that has been within a contract. So I'll know that, all right, I'm paying this person $200 a month for a three month commitment. And when that three months is up, I know that I can evaluate whether or not I want to continue doing this or move on to something else. I've also done month to month work on an as needed basis where I don't have to renew the next month. Kind of like when you have a, a subscription to Apple Music or Netflix before the month is up you can cancel before you get charged again you know I've also done month to month month to month uh, pay structures like that to where I at the end of the month can decide whether or not I want to continue working with this contractor or not so month to month is very flexible it is kind of like a project by project basis that allows you to easily budget for the work you need help with so that that's also really great Um, and again it allows for Um, Lots of flexibility there. So I, more than anything, more than any of these uh, pay structures, I've used month to month more than any of them because it works well for me. I like having a flat fee. I know that it's going to get done for this specific rate. I don't have to think about paying someone at you know various times of the month. I know that I'm paying this once a month and the work is going to be done and it works well for me. So how do you know which one of these pay structures to use? Well, <laughs> the answer is really simple. It depends. <laughs> it depends on the scope of work. It depends on the length of time 
time you'll be working together. It depends on um, what results you need. It depends on how results are evaluated. And most importantly, it depends on what the contractor is comfortable with and also what you are comfortable with. But you should go into any hiring process with a rate in mind that represents a fair wage for the work you need done. So regardless of how you're going to pay somebody, you should have in mind what it makes sense to pay somebody for this work. By having in mind what the going rate is and what it's fair to pay somebody going into the process of hiring an independent contractor, you will be able to discern whether or not someone is either overcharging you or charging you something that doesn't really make sense for what you need done. So I've been in situations where I, or one specific situation, and this isn't even related to my business, but this is related to like something personal that I hired someone to do that I thought was a great example for paying someone so little for something that sounded right. But when it came down to it, the rate they charged you didn't even make sense for what you were getting. And and really this was my fault because I didn't do the right research. But what basically happened was I didn't research the going rate for what it would cost to get a 3D drawing made of blueprints. So um, my husband and I will be building a house next year and we got our blueprints done by a local architect, but we wanted to see a 3D drawing of what the front of our house would look like just to kind of envision what the front elevation of our house would be. And so our local architect, would he his rate for that was above our budget. And I figured, oh, maybe there's someone out there that would do it less expensive. So I found someone online who would do this drawing for us for what seemed to be a really fair rate. <laughs> it sounded good to me. It sounded good to my husband. So we paid it. Come to find out, this person had no idea what they were doing. They did a terrible job. And once I started doing research, I realized that what they were charging didn't even make sense for what they were offering us. It was so low that um, their time doing it wouldn't even have been worth what we paid. So that was really our bad. So um, I say you get what you pay for sometimes. Sometimes there are people out there who charge slightly below market value for something because they're getting experience or they need to build their portfolio and stuff like that. But there are other times when people are charging so little that it doesn't even make sense for what you need and their time isn't even worth. Like you can look at the amount in comparison to the time they would spend to do the work and it just really isn't even making sense. So there, you, when it comes to paying someone and having a wage in mind, you kind of have to to have that happy medium to where all right what I'm paying them is fair it makes sense for the work I need done but maybe it's not also you know at the top of market rate for this maybe um, and, and knowing what's fair to pay somebody will also help you see whether or not someone is overcharging you for the work and charging you something way beyond what is even fair to be paid for the work you need so it's great to have a wage in mind that makes sense to pay somebody and to have a conversation with a potential contractor about what pay structure works well for them, whether it's on a project by process, project by project basis, hourly basis, or month to month basis. Now you can't expect, and this is just an example, like 
You know, in the wedding industry, they say you can't expect a $50,000 wedding on a $2,000 budget. All right, your expectations need to be fair in terms of what it makes sense to pay someone for the work you need. If you are speaking with someone who you already know is talented, then you have to be prepared to pay them for their worth. But that doesn't mean that just because you don't have the budget to pay them, you can't afford to get the work done. You may just have to find someone who's less experienced, who's looking to build their portfolio who's willing to do the work for a fair wage. But again, you can't expect a $50,000 wedding on a $2,000 budget. So in some ways you get what you pay for, but that's only sometimes. Again, I found people who were just looking to get experience, but they were very talented, who did work for me at a very reasonable price. And I felt like I still got great results. I got a great return on my investment not because they were cheap, but because they were talented, looking to get experience. So they charged a rate that was slightly below market value. So just you, you just kind of have to have um, an eye for, for talent. You have to be able to ask the right questions so you know what someone's situation is and um, where they're at in their career and what their goals are to know whether or not someone is going to be a good fit for what you need help with. Now, beyond figuring out what to pay someone and what it looks like in terms of pay structure to pay them, you also have to figure out how to physically pay a contract employee. You know, what buttons do you need to click and what applications do you need to use to be able to pay somebody? So applications like PayPal, Stripe, Wave, and Square allow you to connect your business bank account with um, the accounts on different applications like Fiverr. Or you can use these platforms to pay someone directly by uh, paying an invoice in that way. Like, for example, when I was an independent contractor myself, I would use PayPal, um, Square. I've also used Wave and Stripe. I've used all four of these actually to actually send invoices to my clients and they would pay using their business bank account or their debit card. So you can set up these platforms to send invoices or to receive invoices. So typically an independent contractor is going to have their own invoice system where they're sending you invoices and you can connect your business bank account to one of these platforms to make sure that you're paying using something secure. I really enjoy PayPal. I've used PayPal more than any other platform, both to send and receive payments. So even when I'm paying on Fiverr, I have my business PayPal account connected to my Fiverr account so that my money's protected. I feel like PayPal for me, and I know a lot of people have different experiences with PayPal. I know, but I have, to be honest, I've had a great experience with PayPal. Even when it came to chargebacks, I've always had proof that people agreed to pay me what they paid me. And I've never um, lost a chargeback situation. Well, I lost one recently, but um, it wasn't like a make or break type of situation. And um, I, I let that one go. But aside from that, I have dealt with probably five or six chargebacks in my journey in entrepreneurship so far. And I've only lost one with PayPal. Um, so I would recommend PayPal. I think it's a great way to protect your money when you're sending out payments. And if things don't get done and you have proof, they do have great customer protection in place. So that would be a good application to use. 
I don't have as much experience with Stripe, Wave, or Square as I do with PayPal when it comes to uh, paying and receiving money, but I have used all three platforms and they are very user-friendly ways to make sure your money is secure. So I never pay for services directly from my business bank account. I always link my my business bank account through a third party provider like PayPal, because then I feel that um, I don't have to go through the bank to do disputes and stuff like that. It's easier to just kind of go, go through PayPal. So ultimately, when you're figuring out how to pay an independent contractor, it really just depends on um, their invoicing system, how they're allowing you to pay them, how you're agreeing to pay. I don't recommend paying through cash or check or anything like that. I feel like paying digitally is the best way to have an easy to track paper trail, but it really just depends on what's, what works best for you and how you structured your business. But you do want to make sure that you're keeping track of every payment you send to an independent contractor for tax purposes, because what you pay independent contractors is technically a tax write-off, but I'm not a a, um, finance or tax professional. That's just something that my husband told me. Um, Things that I pay for, like services, end up being tax write-offs at the end of the year, so it works out really well. I find that paying with these platforms are more secure and well-documented than cash payments or checks, and should you ever need these records for conflict resolution, it's much easier to document when a payment went out, how they were paid, whether or not they received the payment, where it went, you know, all of this is so much easier to document when you use one of these platforms. So I recommend checking them out. And um, also payments this way can also be be automated, which is another cool feature. So yeah, check this out, check one of these applications out. I think they'd be really helpful for actually paying your independent contractors. So this episode wraps up our hiring an independent contractor series. I hope this gave you some deeper insight about how to use independent contractors to actually build your team to help you scale your business. Remember, you don't have to wear every single hat in order to keep your business going. You can start delegating out work to experts known as independent contractors who can help you get done, get work done more more efficiently, which will in turn help you scale your business. If you try to do everything and be everything for your business forever, it'll be really difficult to scale and grow because you'll find yourself constantly giving your businesses everything instead of giving your businesses your strengths. When you give your businesses your strengths, you're actually positioning yourself to give your business the real value that is going to push your business forward, not just all of the administrative things that keep your business afloat. You want to focus on giving your business time that is helping your business to grow and thrive instead of giving your business time that's really just allowing you to maintain. You know, we want to hustle to grow and thrive, not just simply hustle to maintain. So the name of the game in solopreneurship is hustling to grow and scale. So I find that building out what I call a reimagined team of independent contractors who I can call on to help me with things I need help with on an as needed basis is one of the smartest ways to grow a solo business. But one thing I want to leave you guys with to remember here is that Ultimately, when you are considering building out a team, whether it's a traditional team or reimagined team of independent contractors, you have to take a step back 
and reflect on whether or not a contractor's values align with your brand and your business's values because their work is going to be a reflection of you and your business. So you don't want to be hiring people on your team, whether they're independent contractors or not, that don't necessarily align with your values. Again, no matter who you hire, their work is going to be a reflection of your business. So you want to make sure that they are representing things that actually align with what you believe in, what you stand for. That's very important. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If there's anything from today's episode that helped you get a clear idea about how to go about hiring an independent contractor, I would love for you to leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. Leaving us reviews on the Apple Podcast app helps more solopreneurs find the Solopreneur Hustle community. So that would be a huge help for us here. You're also welcome to DM me on Instagram at Solopreneur Hustle and share how this episode helped you. And if you have any other questions you'd like me to answer relating to hiring an independent contractor, please reach out and share your question with me so I can make sure I answer it for anybody else who has the same question out there. And with that, I believe that's all I have for you guys today in this episode. Oh, one other thing. Don't forget to tag the Solopreneur Hustle on Instagram. If anything from today resonated with you and you repost any content, I would love to see your tags. And with that, that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you have a good week. Continue to move onward, upward and forward. Until next time. Hey y'all, thanks for listening to this week's episode. To stay connected between episodes, subscribe to our email list using the link in the description for this episode. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Solopreneur Hustle and don't forget to share the Solopreneur Hustle podcast with a boss friend. I hope you have a great week and thank you for supporting the Solopreneur Hustle podcast. Until next time.